I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, hello everyone, and you join us here today to have a bit of a conversation. As usual, Tom and I are quite sick of each other, so we've thrown someone else into the mix. We've brought in Mike France from Christopher Ward, and we're going to talk Bel Canto. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? I'm really well. Thank you, Andrew. And uh, thank you, Tom. Thanks for the invitation. Great to speak to you. Yeah. And um, we've had a few conversations over the past few months, haven't we, around a particular kind of watch um, that has done incredibly well. We have. But for the... For the for the for the juice of anticipation for the people listening, what I want to do first is to talk about some of the past because today didn't come out of nowhere. Christopher Ward, Mike France, how did those two things end up being in the same place at the same time? <laughs> uh, good question. Um, the story really starts um, in um, April of two thousand and four. My other co-founder, Peter Ellis, um, who's still in the business, and I had just sold the Early Learning Centre, which, for those people who don't know, was a quite large educational toy business. And um, Oh, the Early Learning Centre? The Early Learning Centre, yes. Oh, the, my goodness. I had yeah. no idea. The British institution. <laughs> that is. Yeah, British institution, <laughs> yes. So um, we, we'd sold that to a chap called Tim Waterston. He of Waterston mm-hmm. Books. Wow, there's some big names of British retail flying around here. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you go, there you go. Um, I've just come back from uh, from Barbados, uh, but I went to Barbados um, after selling after selling Early Learning Centre, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I haven't been there since 2004. By the way, that's just a, that's just a vicious rumour. Um, You've been too busy since. Uh, yeah. um, and uh, I, I have a view that uh, we're here on this planet to be as productive as possible. Um, and so there's only uh, there's only so much lying on a beach you can do. Um, and although um, literally Peter and I, I was in my he's a bit older than me. He won't like me saying telling that, but uh, I was in my <laughs> my late forties. Uh, didn't need to work again really, um, but um, that was never going to be an option. And after about four weeks of twiddling thumbs, decided wanted to get back on the horse. Um, so which horse and which race was I going to ride in? That was the big question, really. Yeah. Um, at Early Learning Centre, we'd established a pretty um, a pretty large online business. They told us we would never be able to sell climbing frames um, online. Um, well, we disproved that theory. So when they told me you'll never, <laughs> ever sell a watch online, um, that was a red rag to a bull. And so having done some quite detailed and fortunate research into 
the watch market, a market we knew nothing about, by the way, and knew nothing mm -hmm. about watches at all, apart from kind of liked watches, um, but had no depth of knowledge. I, I, I wasn't what you'd call a serious collector of watches. I just sort of always had had uh, an interest in watches, more from an aesthetic perspective, to be honest. I mm -hmm. was one of these people who would think about the watch he was wearing in terms of the situation he found himself in, the clothes he was wearing. Uh, that may be my part because before I was, I owned um, the Early Learning Centre, I was in buying in various fashion businesses and brands. So I've always been interested. Product has always been something uh, at my core of being, if you will. Um, so the combination of um, wanting to have an online business, um, wanted to do something, you should always try and do something that you really are interested in doing. Um, watches seem like an interesting arena. The more we researched into it, frankly, the more interested we became just because <laughs> we... <laughs> it's just a minefield of opportunity because it's such an old-fashioned business, it, right? It, it, it is. It has uh, It has some uh, very traditional values. Let's let's put it that way. Um, and um, There was we, no one selling watches online in 2004. Is that what it was? There was nobody <laughs> selling watches online in 2004. So that seemed like an opportunity. And then the other thing we discovered was that... Um, uh, and I was really shocked to find this, that uh, we, we could actually um, access the same componentry that, you know, the big boys were using. Um, yeah. We initially started off by having the watches assembled in uh, in China and using mm -hmm. um, Swiss-made movements from ETA uh, and then Solita. Uh, ETA, as you will know, around 2007, um, 2008 sort of decided they were, A, Early on, they decided they weren't going to sell any um, Swiss-made movements to to China, so that meant uh, we had a problem. Um, then they decided they weren't going to sell any movements at all to third parties, which never really yeah. happened. But that was uh, that was interesting. So we had this decision to make about whether or not we decided to ditch the Swiss aspect and go, let's say, go Myota, for instance, yeah, uh, yeah. and keep the production in China. But we did feel, um, and still feel today, that we wanted somewhere in all of this, there was this, A, there was a perception, um, somewhat justified, sometimes not completely justified in my view, that uh, Swiss is best in terms of watchmaking. I'm a great fan of uh, Seiko, Grand Seiko, and many other watch brands and, uh, and countries of origin. Um, but, but the expertise that um, we felt was um, embedded in the Swiss industry was something that we wanted to tap into. So we, we literally, you know, got in a car, went to Switzerland, drove around for weeks talking to people, um, going, you know, for, talking our way into into Swiss watch factories. <laughs> Did you put on a, a high vis and hold a clipboard and just get let in? Was it that kind of yeah, <laughs> situation? Yeah, I, I, I just think we were a curiosity, you know. I mean, uh, you know, who are these English idiots who uh, are trying to sell watches online and want to, and are talking about having this amazing business? I mean, some of the ideas we had, quite frankly, were ludicrous as I look back. You know, back in the 80s and the <laughs> 90s, um, I was I was very involved um, at the time. I was the buying and merchandising director of um, of British Home Stores. This was when it was successful, yeah. And um, <laughs> before Philip got a hold of it, um, and so uh, I'd been very embedded in uh, and interested in uh, quick response, um, and also had developed a 
number of theories, um, working with people like um, Kurt Salmon Associates, a um, major consultant in supply chain at the time, on how you could take the fear uh, away from suppliers so that they invested time and energy in your brand and your business and your products. Because largely, uh, fear of a buyer ditching them after one season or you know a, a, a price hike led to lots of insurances being put in a supply chain. Insurance is ultimately time, which is why lead times were so long. And mm-hmm. we, working with, um, working with some Americans as well, we created at the time um, something that uh, not, not very originally I call the G7, where ultimately I had seven large suppliers um, yep. who were supplying BHS working together. And I'm talking people like Cortels, big companies yeah, at the time, working together, sharing information on behalf of BHS, trying to reduce lead times. And my commitment to them was I would take, I would de-risk it. I was interested in long-term relationships. I was prepared to contract that. And so we made huge, huge, huge um, strides in terms of um, reducing lead times in clothing. Anyway, and, and, and getting people invested seriously in creating wonderful product for us. Um, that seems like an aside, but actually it's it, it also, I think, um, something that I learned then that, that certainly worked for us at Early Learning Centre. We took over Early Learning Centre when it was, we didn't create it. Uh, and it had been this, as you described it, an English um, retail institution. It was also um, one of the most powerful brands um, in, in the UK. At the time we took it over, it was considered the third most trusted brand in the UK after Marks and Spencer and Boots. Um, and yet it had fallen on really parlous times. Um, and it had fallen on parlous times because the previous management hadn't really known why it was so successful. It had just been really very successful. And when things yep. start going wrong, i.e. Toys R Us turn up on your doorstep, <laughs> yeah. um, if you don't know what's been making it work properly, you certainly don't know what levers to pull to turn it around. So John Menzies, who owned Early Learning Centre at that time, they... They, they fired the management team and invited me to come and try and turn it around for them, um, which I was very happy to do. Um, and we completely recreated the supply chain, um, reinvested in product. Um, and I was you know, delighted, Peter and I were delighted that the, it was a huge success. We were backed by, we ultimately bought it out of John Menzies, backed by 3i. Uh, and you know, take, we took it from sort of heading towards losing 50 million to making 15 million profit in seven years. So it was a it was a, mm-hmm. a big turnaround. Um, sold it as I say, but those sort of philosophies that we developed over the course of our careers, we brought into to some extent into this tiny fledgling startup called Christopher Ward, and that ultimately led us in 2008 to a sole supplier relationship, back to big relationship, de-risk relationships mm-hmm. um, with Synergy Horologer, which was owned by Jörg Bader. Moving on six, six years, we then into 2014, we merged with 
Synergy Horologer, yeah? So we became one entity because my dream had always been to create this vertical watch brand. And I still today think it to some extent where arguably, and this seems remarkable, but arguably we are one of, if not the most vertical watch brand in the world, because we are completely connected with every one of our customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we go from the customer all the way back to the watchmaker and the watch designer. Yeah. And that's even in the large groups, even in the large, much bigger brands and much more famous brands than ours, uh, isn't always the case because the industry, as you will know, is largely a wholesale-based industry. Yes, there are big moves afoot to, you know, everybody now is piling online as fast as they possibly can, you know, um, mono boutiques, etc. All of this is a big trend, but still in all, you know, 75% even of those brands, their business is going through third parties. So it's quite unusual to have this vertical operation. Um, and But that was the dream. And that's why I wanted us to merge with um, Synergy. And that is ultimately in its own way, that sort of power of the combo, if you like, um, you know, real genuine um, watchmaking expertise on the one hand, and, you know, some, some, I don't know, retail marketing nows on the other, product understanding, yeah? That combination, ultimately with a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and cock-ups along the way has led to ultimately to something called the bel canto. Um, yep. So I don't think it is completely an accident, um, but believe me, it's not a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of the things that you were describing about the struggling businesses that you worked with before in terms of supply chain, in terms of owning something with great uh, reputation but not understanding why I see huge parallels between that and the watch industry as a whole and what you've described as a process of creating trust and uh, efficiency in a supply chain that makes the bel canto from what I know about it make a lot more sense so mm. it's really interesting to hear you describing that process to getting there and how uh, how you basically built a career out of doing that out of making better efficiency for better product in an industry. Um, before we before we do move on to the Belcanto specifically, I'd like to ask you, because I don't actually know, who is Christopher Ward? Oh, <laughs> he does exist. It's not a made-up name. I mean, Chris um, Chris was a, a, an old uh, friend and colleague of mine. And um, uh, as I said earlier, when, um, when after we'd sold um, um, ELC and we were... Um, pondering our next move, uh, Chris and I had met up again um, and he um, he had a, um, a small um, clothing import um, business at the time, mm-hmm. um, wasn't, um, wasn't completely motivated to carry on with it, uh, was quite interested in working with me again, I can't think for the life of me why. Um, <laughs> And um, and um, we were um, we were on a literally we've told this story before and it, it turns out it is true it's not just an invention we were we were sailing gently down the Thames uh, on a boat um, talking about well, you know why don't we do something together and um, what might it be and um, that's when the sort of the idea of a doing something together and b. Um, watches came into the frame you know back to well 
it's got to be something we want to do. And I was certainly um, uh, headed towards the um, the online route. Uh, Chris had not been involved in online before. So um, he decided to to throw his um, throw his hand in with us, and um, uh, effectively, Peter and I bankrolled the business. And the original idea is that we would be we would be the uh, the, the wise old owls, um, uh, occasionally turning up and sprinkling pixie dust over <laughs> over this operation, whilst Chris did all the work. Didn't quite transpire that way um, <laughs> and we ended up uh, I ended up spending sort of 24-7 365 uh, working on Christopher Ward um, and Chris was fantastic for us in the early days he did a load of work um, you know we, we, we travelled the world and Switzerland together um, uh, he was heavily involved um, he's called Christopher Ward the naming uh, always startups the, you know the, the greatest fun is always finding a name going to I was a big fan and Peter was a big fan of IWC watches um, we had this yeah. idea that we'd, we'd call ourselves MPC Mike, Pete and Chris uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that a was, TVR name if everyone it is, heard uh, one. Uh, it was, that was understandably ditched early on then uh, then it was going to be um, then, then this was a really um, weird one uh, my wife's maiden name is Fennel Peter's maiden wife's maiden name is Wurzwick so we thought I know, let's call it Fennel and Wurzwick. Um, but we thought, well, no, if Charles Dickens was going to have a watch brand, he'd probably call it Fennel and Wurzwick. Yeah, I think there's already a scented candle company yeah. called that as well. <laughs> it, it, it does sound like one, doesn't it? What a good idea. Uh, maybe, I'll suggest, maybe I'll suggest that to my wife. Um, so um, so we, and we couldn't find the name we wanted. And we wanted it to be real. We didn't want a made-up name. We wanted it to yeah. have some resonance. And also we had this idea that there was an... We wanted it to be much more English than just British. And Christopher Ward, it occurred to me, rather than Chris, he's too modest to have uh, suggested it himself. Uh, certainly Michael France doesn't quite work for an English watch brand. <laughs> um, Peter Ellis, where it's a, it's a little, a little sort of prosaic. Um, sorry again, Peter, that's twice he's going to kill me. Um <laughs> But Christopher Ward has a really nice scan to it and sounds incredibly English. Um, yeah. And so that's what we decided to call it, for better or ill. Uh, and uh, and so, it's, so it still is. And is, is Mr. Ward still part of the business? Or is he no. out on a beach in Barbados thinking no, about his he, next project? <laughs> I, don't know he's out, I, do, I don't know he's out on a beach in Barbados. No, he left the business about uh, three and a half years ago. And... Um, uh, for a number of years, his involvement had been sort of uh, waning, and uh, it was just the right time for him to 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 leave. Um, and so uh, he went on his merry way. Fair enough. I'm quite interested as well, and I do promise we will talk about the Belcanto, about the change to the logo, because I, I really like the new logo. I think it's been well received, and especially on the Belcanto, no logo on the front and the logo on the crown. Yeah. Has there been a sense of thinking about moving away from the name Christopher Ward, or at least just in a visual term? And what is the thinking behind that? Um, yes and no is the answer to that. Um, back in 2015, we instigated a review of um, the branding of the business. Yeah. The branding um, agency that we employed, who we still work with, um, 
um, they came up with a suggestion at the time that we thought was brilliant, that we shouldn't have anything other than the logo on the, i.e. the twin flags. They came up with this idea of the twin flags, um, which mm -hmm. is what the logo is, so representing the English flag of St. George and the Swiss flag put together. And we thought that was brilliant because it's unusual. It's different. It's not what's done. This is originally, if I go back to 2005, when I employed um, the design company I used at Early Learning Centre to help design the first watches. <laughs> so so, they, so they, they'd move, they move from Etch-a-Sketch etch to, to watches. Honestly, when I think back. They're very readable. Yeah. yeah, it was brilliant. Oh, brilliant! It was they. They loved it. We had some great fun. The only thing we didn't know at the time is that the uh, the uh, the movement dictated the design of what you could put on the dial. We were just putting subdials all over the place, <laughs> not not realizing that we'd need to invest about fifty million just to create the movements that would enable us to have the designs that we wanted. Anyway, that's another story. Um, so so, uh, and the original idea we had was to put nothing on the dial at all. Nothing, no name, nothing. Yeah, yeah. But we thought mm, I got talked out of that. Um, I thought that was a bit, you know, a bit risky. Um, anyway, but back in 2015, um, the agency we used, a company called Hello, were based in Somerset. Lovely, lovely team of people. Most mainly ex-Londoners moved down to the West Country. You know, change your lifestyle, all that sort of stuff. But really talented. Um, they came up with the the Twin Flags logo. And the, the original suggestion was, why don't we just put this on the uh, on the dance yes love it uh showed it as you do to the the legal team um our, our lawyers and they said uh yeah you can, yeah 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 tricky one that you know um there's a little little known business called swatch um in watches <laughs> uh, who who have uh, who have about 38 law firms around the world just dedicated to um to tripping up um, watch brands who dare to uh, to do anything that might infringe their copyrights, and they said, "Look, in our view, the twin flags won't infringe. Yeah, you'll win any case, mm -hmm. but but you'll need if they do come after you." And they were thinking Tiso. Uh, if yeah, they do yeah. come after you, mm. then you are going to end up spending half of your life invested in trying to fight this case. It'll it'll cost you money you probably won't want to spend, and therefore our advice to you is, don't put just the logo on the dial, put the name and the logo on the crown. Yeah, and mm -hmm. after five years you'll have usage rights, and if they yeah. if nobody's come after you, then you're safe and you're home and free. So that um, five years after we launched the new branding, uh, we then decided right we can go back to plan A. And so uh, last year, um, with the introduction of the Sealanders, um, which was a new platform that we introduced in 21, uh, we were able to, for the first time, introduce uh, our new Twin Flags Only logo, which, as you say, has, um, has certainly gone down. I mean, by, by the way, I mean, uh, I, I keep reminding people, because uh, I counted it up, Rolex have changed their logo 28 times in their history. <laughs> <laughs> we have changed ours three times in 17 years. 
But my goodness, there's more copy written about Christopher Wars logo than, <laughs> than, than than almost anything else in the in the in in the free world. Um, people are absolutely fascinated by logos, and um, and great that they are in actual fact. Uh, and we've been panned for previous logos. We've been some people have loved them, um, but the overwhelming majority of people seem to really connect with the Twin Flags logo. And I'm pleased to report that we're all new lines since the Sealander have always been have all been introduced with the Twin Flags logo. Um, but we're obviously going through the the rest of the collection and um, uh, changing um, on the run, as it were. And every time we do that, we get about a 20% step up in sales just for changing the logo. Yeah, I I, I can see that. Yeah, f- for me. The old logo is reminiscent of some of the brands that have popped up that are very affordable, like Daniel Wellington. Yeah. The new logo takes away any kind of association and it feels to me more confident, especially because it's very hard to Google. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I very much like it. And I think that, that timing works really, really nicely to finally talk about the Bel Canto because that was logo-free, logo on the crown. Yeah. And, and actually, to your, to your point about it being the most conversed thing in the in the universe <laughs> i really think a lot of that is because christopher ward yourself the brand makes itself very accessible and transparent to have that conversation at all whereas there's no point having the conversation about rolex because it's it's a brick wall you're not going to get it, it can only be speculation so the fact that you're here talking to us about it is i think why that where that interest comes from and where the the, the excitement around the bel canto has really, really ignited. So let's talk about that. Bel canto. When I saw it, when I saw the price, my immediate thought was, you are insane. You are going to, <coughs> it will sell, but I don't see how you're going to make any profit from it. Where did this all come from? Oh, <laughs> um, it started almost now sort of 10 years ago with the, the jumping hour, I suppose. And at the time on Master Watchmaker, was a, a real sort of genius called Johannes Janka. Um, Johannes is the guy who designed um, our own in-house movement, the Calibre SH-21, which um, were later on, uh, well, not this year, but in the autumn of 23, we'll be uh, launching um, the 2.0 version of Calibre SH-21. Um, but, you know, he created this... this um, this jumping hour module, um, yep. which sat apart, sat above a SW two hundred. It's a really clever piece of work, and and I often find that, and I, this is way beyond my pay grade. I, I'm not an engineer, um, and I'm in awe of um, of people who have that sort of ability to think um, three dimensionally in terms of how things can work and how 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 they can simplify and often it's the simplified way that is the most effective way of doing things so taking an sw200 building a module on top of it that created the most accurate and we haven't sold this well enough at all it's the most accurate jumping hour um, in the world and this is this is a man um and you know uh, johannes who who it does not does nothing by halves. You know, we have a we have a moon phase watch for God's sake. You know that, yeah. that is that is one of the very few perpetual moon phases 
in existence in that it oh, I didn't know that I know not uh, and again <laughs> it's my fault you know because we haven't done a good enough job this is a perpetual moon phase that if you if the watch is kept fully wound it will track perfectly the phases of the moon in real time for 128 years oh really wow yeah. it is quite an incredible thing one of the interesting um one of the curiosities that has occurred <clears throat> with the publicity around the bel canto is that um, people are um, looking again at some of these um, products of ours that have been there for a long time and we've had huge, huge step up in sales on them because I think people are realising that the bel canto is not just something that you know popped out of a, a hat like a rabbit. It's the culmination of a lot of things that have gone over on over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. But in the Belcanto's specific case, um, Frank Stelzer, who I, I know you've, I think you've spoken with, um, yes, yeah. Andrew, yeah, Frank, who worked alongside um, Johannes, um, uh, helping to create Calibre SH21 and all these other wonderful modules. Frank himself is an incredible engineer. I mean, really humble man, but an incredible mm. brain, uh, and you know, one of those. In the bath moments, I think he realised in a in in a flash of inspiration that it should be possible to translate the jumping hour module into a watch that had a chime attached to it. Yeah, he could turn that into a chiming watch by changing a number of wheels, a number of things in the movement. Yeah, uh, in the module that was created originally by Johannes and him. And that was the sort of the spark that then led to, well, if we're going to do a chiming watch, and the first one we did, because we do all of, uh, we make all of um, Singer's watches for them. And we, <laughs> we, we created the Bellora for them. So the first time we used the, um, this new module, FSO1, of we, as we've now called it, uh, in honor of Frank, um, it went into the Bellora, which is a wonderful watch. I, I think it's a brilliant watch, but it's covered over by, as most of these are, by a classic Meissinger dial. And actually the module itself underneath, um, because it was going to be covered by a dial, didn't need to be aesthetically pleasing. The team of designers um, we've got here are um, not, um, you know, they're, they're pretty... Um, predetermined people and they they have very high standards <laughs> and so um the idea was look why don't we do something um little out of the ordinary certainly for say us um and we'll show all of the key elements of a chiming watch above the platine um yes great idea um love that idea sketches 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 yeah that's fantastic what do you think frank mm. uh i don't know what the german is for um for expletives but uh, oh, what, what, but but you know um you know suddenly we've given frank a huge headache because everything had to change and then you're into a process that took months and months and months and months if not years you know where you know every aspect of the aesthetics to improve the aesthetics and that was always always the thing that we wanted to get right led to an engineering solution um, or problem that then led to a solution. And so it was this iterative process of, you know, a wonderful original idea by Johannes that was then developed much further by Frank, which was then 
taken to a different level by the design team, who I think did an absolutely outstanding job. And then, of course, you've got the involvement of some of the the very top level, um, you know, watchmaking companies and what and and, and suppliers of movements. Uh, and parts of movements in the industry in Switzerland involved in the creation of this watch. And yeah. they're used to doing, you know, I mean, they're certainly not used to working with the likes of, you know, Christopher Ward, although we've worked with them before on things like the C60 concept, which we brought out last year. And we've had a long relationship with Armin Strom, who, uh, who's atelier. And if you've never been to their atelier, although they're moving, <coughs> um, in February to a new new premises. But their atelier, which is exactly seven minutes walk away from ours um, in Beale, is the most incredible place to go to if you've never been. Um, speak to Claude. Uh, yeah, I, 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 have, I have been. And well, I heard the story about how they managed to purchase all that CNC machinery cheap during the recession. Yeah, exactly. They've yeah. actually, they've been a real inspiration and a, and a growth in the industry, kind of almost passing the benefit that they received along, which is just... You, you were talking earlier, this is why those parallels are coming in, you were talking earlier about finding relationships between businesses to work together yes. to create a security for everyone to be uplifted rather than working apart. And yourself and Armin Strong working together and Armin Strong working with other brands like Horage, I think. Yes, indeed. Is a really great example of that for me. Uh, I agree. And, and none, none of this, um, the bel canto could not, it's not the idea of one person. It's not, it's not me. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of people coming together all with an absolute dedication to deliver the best they can. And, um, you know, we're lucky enough in this instance that, that, that effort, um, has, has led to something that, you know, has the potential literally to be quite transformational for us and maybe transformational for some other businesses involved as well because you know the reaction to the bel canto has been quite staggering well you, you say that with great humbleness might be transformative um for me it is an absolute game changer because it brings something that should be three four times the cost hmm. to an affordable audience um we spoke about some of the detail of how it's produced and how that was achieved in our previous review video so dear viewer and listener if you want to see that you can check that out over on our channel uh, link in the description but what really fascinated me and what i didn't communicate so much was the people side of this process when i came in a, a few months before the launch and we spoke about it yeah you were you were hesitant about the potential success of the watch well, <laughs> I, we thought we had a good watch on our hand. We knew it was a, we knew it was a lovely watch, but you never, I, I never, ever, ever um, assume that, um, that that things are going to be you know as successful as sometimes they turn out. I mean, you just never know until uh, until you put something in front of the people who really matter. And with respect, that's not even you, Andrew. Uh, it's the it's, it's well, I'm Mr. Slot, so no, I don't it, count them for it's, it's it's the customers. You can't you afford know? one. <laughs> it's it, it's those customers. Um, yeah. you know they will yeah. they will make or break anything. And yes, we thought we had something uh, really good on our hands. Um, but what surprises was the level of response. And and in, and in fairness, to be honest, and this is where I we do owe um, some thanks to 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 you, Andrew, and others, you know, who, who immediately did see that this was something different and mm -hmm. that, you know, that might even be something special um, and were 
prepared to say that. And because you have, um, you know, incredibly people who listen to your podcasts. Uh, <laughs> we don't get it either, uh, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the, the, the word got around. Um, and so it wasn't just us saying, you know, this is a this is a good watch. A lot of people who um, are respected in the industry said similar things. And so it just seemed to have a groundswell. I mean, I, I've been involved in, over, over the course of my career, I've seen this happen maybe no more than half a dozen times to this level. It's a, it's a chemical reaction that nobody literally can ever predict. You just yeah. don't know. Um, and there's a bit of luck attached to it uh, as well. <laughs> there always is. You always need a bit of luck, you know. Um, but but it's it's the culminate. If, if good people are doing good things, eventually I'm a real believer that something special can occur. It doesn't always happen like that. And it always takes, often takes longer than you want it to take. But actually, we've got some really, not just within Chris War, but some really great people involved in in, in this watch. And as described earlier, it's not just a sort of a one-off. There's a, there's a thread that goes through a number of years that then mm -hmm. leads to this chemical reaction that you then can't really expect, but you've got to recognize it when it happens. And that's where we're, that's the stage we're at now. Where there's a recognition that this is, you know, there's a tiger here. Now let's grab hold of the tail and let's see where that uh, tiger takes us because it is, um, it is, it is, it is a very important watch for us, certainly. Uh, not, not to diminish the success of Christopher Ward in and of itself, but it almost feels like, from what you've said, that's a proof of concept at a lower level for what could be achieved. And the Bel Canto is the first real expression of what happens if we push this, we turn this up to eleven. Um, yeah. I was especially surprised by the reaction when I spoke to the, the design team. <laughs> the watch came out and it was gone in a couple of hours. Yeah, yeah. I passed my congratulations and the response I got back was really one of, of shock and just fear of the unknown. What does this mean now? This is we went, we expected to sell three hundred with another three hundred next year. We have to bring that three hundred forwards, and now we've got somewhere in the in the region of ten times as much interest as we expected, and we're in a little bit of a panic as to what to do with it. How do you cope with that? What do you do? Uh, well, you you um, cope with it by, to be honest, being quite cold. Um, and this is my approach to these things anyway. Um, <laughs> Hence um, the holiday in Barbados afterwards, I think. Uh, absolutely. Warm back um, up <laughs> so so um, it's like um, you have to then assess the situation quite calmly, carefully, work through what can be done. Do you want to chase the tiger? Do you want to do you want to let this happen? That's a big decision in the first instance, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um Yes, we do. Is the answer uh, okay? How do we how, <laughs> how, hear it. <laughs> how do we make that happen then? In the first instance, how do we how do we multiply the potential number of watches we can create here in a relatively short period of time? Very significantly. Well, that's a process of conversations that have been taking place between us and our supply partners, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we think we now have um, the solution. Um, and so, um, you know, during the course of 23, um, you know, we will be um, producing a significant number of 
um, series bel cantos. Obviously, mm-hmm. the limited edition blue and the greens, they, they're limited, that's gone. But there are uh, a number of really superb colours that we had always been interested in um, thinking about and actually were considered even for the first uh, two. Um, and we, um, we, we are making, we'll make those open series, um, a number of additional colours, and we will promise to deliver those people who've already registered interest in Belcanto beyond the 600 we've been able to support. We've all, I've already written to those people and told them that we have um, the opportunity, if they're interested, still interested in enabling them to own a Belcanto before Christmas mm-hmm. 23. Um, and you won't believe the response has been absolutely astonishing. So I would suggest 90% of those people who registered are pretty much signed up now for a bel canto at some period from the middle of the year through to the end of the year. And we're working through that. So the ramping up of the production is 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 um, is in train in terms of the planning of it. Um, and um, then beyond that, um, you know, what this has created is... Um, as you rightly say, it's a, you know, there's, we're never going to not, you know, somebody, people have been writing to me saying, well, you know, why don't you just drop everything else? <laughs> why don't you just do this sort of stuff? You know, um, that's not, that's not what we want to do um, at all. Um, you know, so we're building, I think, carefully, others, you know, will have their own views, but we're trying to very carefully construct a number of key platforms of watches in the business that genuinely give access to really top-level horology from a price point of around, let's say, the six or seven hundred mark pounds mark, all the way up to that sort of three and maybe slightly above mark in the future. And at each level, mm-hmm. uh, then that that brings that brings many people into mechanical watches for the very first time. And we're talking. You know, really well produced mechanical watch because it doesn't matter to us whether it's a Belcanto or it's a Sealander, um, which opens at sort of £635. You know, the level of finishing and care and attention that we try and apply to every single watch is the thing that I believe, rightly or wrongly, separates us from other value watch brands. Because there are lots of other value watch brands out there. And credit to them and fantastic job they're doing as well. What we try and do is not compromise on the quality and the finishing. And therefore we genuinely believe, and I will I will honestly, I've offered this on several occasions in the past. If somebody can bring me an equivalent watch at the same sort of price level of an equivalent quality, you can have the watch for nothing. And nobody has ever taken us up on that because when you literally have one of our watches in your hand on your wrist and compare it to an equivalent price watch and you know what you're looking for you know that you're looking at the transitions um on a case yeah um which make all the 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 beauty of the transition the level of brushing the polishing level the detailing it's if you look carefully 
then you see the difference. Now, many people won't won't ever see the difference, yeah? But I love the fact that Protect, for instance, polish the underside of their dials. Mm -hmm. Nobody's ever going to see that. <laughs> but they do it anyway. And I just... That that is that is that's attention that matters to them. It matters to them, yeah. And that's what I like to think, maybe misguidedly, but genuinely do hold the belief that that's what separates us us from the herd. But you you sounded still yet surprised that the people who had registered an interest in the bel canto, when they were told that they would be able to get one before Christmas next year. You were still surprised by that. I've held one of those things. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, surprised, delighted. Um, uh, it's it's um, it's a it's it, it's a privilege. I mean, it's it's um, and it's just um, most of us, and I'm sure you're the same. We don't take compliments well. It's a, it's a, oh, we're very British, aren't we? We're British. very British about it, and, and so and and, and you, you never know when the next, you know. I just so I don't want to be a hostage to fortune here, you know. Um, uh, but and uh, but the team deserve the credit because they have, you know, I know I know the amount of time, effort, argument, frustration, pain that went they went through to deliver this, and that's what makes it special for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the fact that they are surprised when you say that they were surprised when you spoke, I love that because it keeps them humble as well. You know, they're humble. They're not. They're not arrogant. Um, and and the the best work is done, in my view, by people who are humble. Um, not not. Uh, you know, I'm a Lionel, a Lionel Messi man rather than a Cristiano Ronaldo man. You know, <laughs> I have no idea about football. I know that is football, but I don't know. I'm sure our listeners will understand. I have no some idea. Of, some of them, some of them, I'm sure will. It's very pertinent right at the moment. I think. Um, <laughs> but perhaps some of the horror from the team as well was the realization that you know you've had some good singles with some of the entry level Christopher Wall stuff. This has been your breakthrough album. There's going to be a tricky second, second album, album. Second album, yeah. Um, well, I think um, it's a while off because these things, as you know, Andrew, take uh, take some time. But uh, my goodness, have we uh, we've got some great um, great EPs coming out um, in the in in the, in the interim. Um, um, one I was um, were testing um, in um, in Barbados actually, which is uh, I, I played back to the design team yesterday. Uh, I think it's a, a, an absolutely wonderful piece and we'll be launching that in may but the if you like the more natural follow-on for the bel canto is 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 we have the idea um we know what we want to do um and we're now at that beginning phase of um just uh turning that into sort of um, aesthetics and all the rest of it before we give um, Frank another nervous breakdown. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'd ask for a teaser of any kind, but I doubt I'm going to get one. No, you, 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 you wouldn't want me to spoil the surprise. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Um, and to be honest, I'm, I'm still reveling in the fact that I will be able to get a bel canto because I, <laughs> in making the video stuff like that, I forgot to register. <laughs> it was it, like the actual launch just slipped past and oh it was too goodness. late so i missed one. Oh, is that right so um oh and in no way am i going to use any kind of position of power to try and get ahead of the other people who did get there but i very much look forward to a series being available so i can purchase one as a good boy customer 
Oh, no, absolutely, Andrew. And uh, uh, knowing that, I'll, uh, I'll 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 pass that on to the team. We'll we'll, we'll need no, to make sure that. No, don't do that. that you... Don't do that. I will. I will. I will register. In fact, I'm going to do it now because I'm probably sure do it. Do it. Do it. Do it now. Do it now. Yeah. Do it now. Uh, and then you'll you'll get an email from me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so terrible for that. I missed um, uh, Max Booster's Mad One for exactly the same reason. So em- embroiled in the thick of what was happening. The, the part of me that likes and buys watches just was just left behind. I know, it's, it's um, yeah, but they, yeah, I mean, yeah, so they did go quickly though, so don't beat yourself up too much. <laughs> well, I have to say as well, you've given us credit for um, getting the word out there, but I think our video came out after they were all sold out anyway. They were gone it did. so quickly. <laughs> it did, but I, I, th- I think um, they, they, I mean, in hours. Um, the first one, the blue was a sluggish sale. That was that took seven and a half hours. Um, <laughs> the, the, the green, the green went in two. Wow! Um, it, it was just, um, just remarkable. And um, how many people can you say do you currently have registered an interest for one? And you can add one more to that because I have just <laughs> signed up. Uh, well, uh, put it this way: um, uh, we're talking, uh, we're talking five figures now. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to get one before Christmas next year, am I? <laughs> I'll get one uh, at some point. Y- you might. You might. You might. Um, you, but you need to. If you haven't. If you haven't registered, as you've just said, you're going to. You need to register quickly. <laughs> I, I have literally just registered. So yeah, good. I have a. I have um, a name in there. Um, so your estimation of 600 units max over the course of six months has become a, a much bigger number, way beyond mm-hmm. the scale of what you expected. You mentioned that yep. you work with suppliers as well. Um, I assume you've had a conversation with them, you picked up the phone and said, oh, hi, we need to slightly change our business model here. How did that <laughs> How did that even go down? Um, <laughs> uh, really, really well. Um, um, We've Is that a lie? <laughs> that sounded like no, a lie. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, no, no, no. Uh, like, like us, um, they they it, they had to recalibrate. Yeah. So they 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 themselves had to think differently. Um, but also, it um, offers huge opportunities for them as well, because mm. you know you know some of these people um, very well. Um, you know, they're not used to. Um, talking the, these numbers, even the six hundred was a big order. Okay. Yeah. Um, when you multiply that by several times, um, it it's a challenging prospect, but it also has the opportunity of being quite transformative for them as well in some ways. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, machine use. If you if you know if you're investing in very expensive CNC machines, um, you know which they are and they do. Um, and you're moving to new premises, which say in Armin Strom's case, they, they most certainly are, um, then this sort of volume can do much to offset some of the risk and cost associated with that because you're getting, um, you know, you're maximizing machine, machine usage time. You have less downtime. So the payback on your investment um, can be um, radically improved. So, of course, it's of great interest. Um, but it's you know these are numbers that are not typical in this world mm-hmm. of the type of watch that we've done. You know, um, you know we talk about 
Moser, we talk about um, MBNF, you know, amazing, amazing timepieces, but relatively small numbers. Yeah. So the thing that we're doing here um, hasn't been done that often. Um, and so it's a challenge. And it has yet to be. It has yet to be <laughs> delivered. It has yet to be. It, we've yet to deliver it. But if you're, you know, if you, as again, as I say, if you're working with smart, talented, committed people, and you genuinely believe in partnership, and and not just the word, but you're engaged with each other to try and resolve problems, you know, I'm a absolute believer that 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 you know, uh, it's not rather than it. Oh, did you hear my bell canto go off then? Um, <laughs> did. <laughs> It's 11 o'clock. Um, you managed um, to get one. Yeah, I managed to get one, fortunately. I'm not as slow on the button as, as Andrew clearly is. Um, so I registered very early. Um, so, so you know, as I say, when you've got a team of committed, talented people, uh, it's a problem that just needs a solution. But we have to work through it very carefully. But the the, the prize here for everybody involved um, is 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 sizable so um you know it it gets people's attention um it certainly got my attention um and um you know it is it is it is um it is doable we believe um and but you know the fact that nobody's done it before to this level um is 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 not going to be a cakewalk Given the situation in the industry at the moment with wait lists and the cynicism that sits around that, I can understand that different people have viewed this launch in different ways. But talking to you about the impact that it has not just on Christopher Ward, but on the suppliers as well, I, I, I would hope that people see the transparency there for one, but also how transformative this is, as you say, up, up and down the entire chain. The benefit for us as the end customer but also the, the different people along the way who usually sit in the shadows in these kinds of conversations. Yeah. Um, the only people who don't benefit from it are the people who are profiteering from the mystique around the big margins in the Swiss watch industry, right? Um, you, you could say that. I mean, I, it's not. it really isn't for me to, um, to, to, to cast aspersions on... on on the way anybody else runs their business. I, like you, and like many, many, many other um, people involved in the industry, are su surprised at the tactics that seem to be deployed by some brands. Um, you know, the um, there is no need, in my view, for there to be these sorts of shortages. Um, so they are largely, it seems, manufactured. You know, I'm not in the, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't get it, I've never got it. Um, our, our job, and this is just simple, because you know, is to, is to fulfil the demand. Um, you know, there's that. That's just as simple as that. And if we can find a way of doing that, why wouldn't we want to do it? I do not buy into um, this red velvet rope luxury approach that looks to make scarcity. Um, almost the um, almost the sort of prime motive um, of of keeping uh, prices high, because I think and I think I do think over time and and it may take a generation or more, but I, I do think I, we we witness and see every day um, changes in the way people view what really matters to them. Uh, lux luxury is changing, 
Yeah, luxury is literally changing in the world around us, um, and there is, you know, it's an old cliche, but you know, um, time time is the greatest luxury. We're very fortunate to be involved in an industry that that measures that, <laughs> and it's never good because you can never get it back. Um, but um, but but actually, you know, the the thing about the watch industry that we all all of those connected with it find, I, I'm still in awe. Of, of of watchmaking at its finest it, it's awesome it, it's 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 i don't think you know mankind has yet to produce a precision uh, mechanical instrument um better than the mechanical watch you know this is the apex of our development as human beings in many ways mechanically that's an incredible thing to be having on your wrist and why wouldn't we want as many people as possible to literally have that almost visceral pleasure of owning and and owning and understanding how precious that is and that's that's what drives that's what originally drove the the plan for Chris Ward it's what drives us today it's why we look to keep the price as accessible as possible and but but on the other hand not compromise because you can always price is price is the last thing that, that we think about honestly oh, that sounds ridiculous <laughs> we just but we have a simple model you yeah. know we mark up by three times not by 12 times not by 15 times um and so whatever product we produce the value is literally the same yeah it doesn't matter whether we're selling it at 700 pound or four thousand pounds the value is the same and in some cases you know our higher price watches because you know take the bel canto you know, we've probably underpriced or um, slightly, not massively, because the cost of the polishing on some of the um, bridges has led to maybe, and, and our on our absolute determination to have absolutely perfect perfection mm-hmm. means that we reject quite a few. Yeah, well that. Goes I'll into have the one costing. Of those. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the rejected ones, yeah. Yeah, I'll just have one. Just. <laughs> so, so actually, some of our more uh, something like the bell counter is probably slightly less than three times markup. So it's probably one of our better. But the same was true of the of the C60 concept last year. Yeah. Um, you know, these are these are our better value watches. It sounds ridiculous, but it's true. Yeah. Um, and I think. People, when you see them, when you see them and and wear them, you kind of understand it. You know, it's it's real. You know. Yeah, my my immediate first impression of seeing it in pictures was, I don't think this will hold up in person. And when it did hold up in person better, my immediate thought was, I don't see how this is profitable. But again, talking to your team, they've used some very clever ways to make that happen. Yeah. But in terms of your passion, if anyone by this point is still doubting the the genuine nature of your passion, it's not just within Christopher Ward that you are expressing this desire to make the industry more inclusive, because you're hmm. also involved with British Watch and Clockmakers Alliance as well, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Well, Roger and I, Roger Smith and I, um, uh, set it up. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that and what you're trying to achieve. Um. Phew. Um, well, it came about, I'd known Roger for a while. I mean, again, you know, he'll be embarrassed. He's actually coming here tomorrow, but uh, he'll be embarrassed. Um, but again, you'd look at what he does. And <laughs> and yet a more humble 
straightforward man you couldn't wish to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet he's, he's it's incredible what he does. Um, and we, because I think maybe because we're both sort of northern lads and um, from different disciplines, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm in awe of him. He 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 will tell you he's not a great marketeer and all the rest of it. So we we connected, yeah, years ago, um, and then and we 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 you know had an interest in 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 the industry in this country but we were we were literally we bumped into each other walking around the very last um salon qp mm-hmm. which i think was in 2018 and um we bumped into each other and we <laughs> cast it it was a it was an awful show <laughs> It, it it was just dreadful and it, it felt so depressing and we said look and what we knew he and I was there was some really good stuff going on in this country for a start yeah um, but if this was the expression of it and then you know it ain't gonna it ain't gonna get any better um, <laughs> so so we decided I literally stood up um, at Salon QP on one of the floors we decided well let's do something about it then. <laughs> let's let's do something. Yeah, are you, are you, are you, right now, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sand. Exactly, exactly. So you know, uh, and we said, yeah, let's do it. You know, Christ, went away, um, wondered why we'd said it to each other. Um, um, <laughs> then Roger very smartly introduced um, a chap called Alistair Audsley into the equation. Alistair's worked with Roger on number of things over the years mm-hmm. very smart guy um, and we got together in the early part of 2019 um, and and started working through what could we do and we decided that there was no there are lots of bodies the watchmakers there's there's the British Horological Institute there are a, lot, a number of bodies in, in Britain um, all very worthwhile and very excellent in their own ways but they're all kind of largely invested in the past rather than in growing the present and the future yeah, yeah. Um, and there was no trade body there was no there's no representation of British watchmakers it didn't even when we first approached the government um, um, they, they, they didn't even know there was still a a sector in the UK. <laughs> it didn't exist. The British government out of touch? What are you saying? I'm astonishing, isn't it, really? Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, absolutely crazy. It must have been an off day. Um, um, so they didn't even know that it existed. Um, so we decided, well, the way to... The way forward was let's 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 create the alliance as a non-for-profit organisation, dedicated to firstly and most importantly promoting British watch brands, uh, with a long-term view that says, wouldn't it be great if we could uh, have more um, manufacturing of uh, watches? Componentry movements in the UK, um, and the best way to do that we felt was to create this trade body, uh, and so we set it up. And literally, you talk about being surprised. I mean, we were really. I remember the three of us thinking, "Christ, you know, well, we've gone live now. Um, you know, <laughs> is anybody going to join us? You know, and because you don't know, you know, it's like who that? I mean, it, Rogers, you know." He's Roger Smith. I mean, who's, who am I? You know. Um, so, um, 
So, uh, and astonished, we were absolutely astonished. I mean, there was clearly a a need. Um, and very quickly, we had um, 60 people sign up as trade members. Mm-hmm. Um, we started, collect, you know, we it's open to uh, anybody. And, um, you know, students, watch um, students of horology, um, can join free uh, and the, for a very small sum um, anybody across the world can become a club member uh, and you get invited to special open dial sessions with the likes of Rod, the first one was done by Roger um, I'm about to um, tomorrow shoot a, um, a the video for the next open dial with um, Nicholas Bowman Scargill of, um, of Fears mm-hmm. um, He, we and he uh, Chris Ward and Fears have um, have come together on a c- collaborative venture to uh, launch a watch of just fifty um, pieces, uh, all of the profits of which will go towards the alliance. Uh, Nicholas was a founding board member as well of the That's alliance. Awesome. Um, so that is, and it's a and it's a fantastic watch, by the way. Um, um, and genuinely, our design team and, and Nicholas worked on yeah. the design, but it, it's it'll have fears on the on the um, on the dial and uh, Chris Ford on on the back. Where, where as well as the design, we're providing the movement, which will indeed be um, our uh, jumping hour movement. So uh, it's a it's a very very special watch. Um, nice. I look forward to seeing. Twenty third of January, it's released. And if you want to buy one, you have to join the alliance. If you're not a member, <laughs> can I su- can I suggest you join up immediately? Because um, I think they're going to. I think that yeah, click more buttons. I think they're going to go very very quickly like that. Um, so um, so we set it up, and then there was clearly this this need, and now we have seventy six members in total. Um, one of the first things we did was commission the first ever bellwether report on the industry in this country. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen a copy. Um, and we uh, we we employed um, KPMG to do that on our behalf. Um, the f- and, and for the first time, there's a sense of how many brands there are in the UK, what their turnover is, how many people we're employing, what the mix is demographically, um, gender-wise, etc. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the barriers to expansion and growth that people feel are in the way of their businesses growing. And so armed with that information, um, you know, we are we are looking to, in the first instance, as I say, um, get the word out there that this industry exists. We want to bring in, we're, Roger and I and, and Alistair, and, and, and like yourselves, we fundamentally believe that now that the, the sector is acknowledged, the best way for it to grow um, is ultimately, and it'll take some time, is to bring talented people into it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. if, if, you were, if you were an engineer or a designer or a marketeer or a salesman, Today, and you're at university and you're doing a degree that's relevant, you're not going to even think about the watch industry because it doesn't really exist. Well, now it exists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now we're identifying that there are career paths for people all the way through, that it's an exciting industry to be involved with. It's Yes, it's got a fantastic history, but it can have a brilliant future. My own personal belief 
and this is, uh, I may be very wrong about this, but my own personal belief is that it's unlikely, certainly in my lifetime, it won't happen, but it may not be ever the case that we end up being a mirror of the Swiss industry. I think that horse may have bolted, yeah? Mm -hmm. However, a bit like the automotive industry, um, where we in this country lead the way in terms of F1, and therefore yeah. we lead the way in terms of technical development that goes into the automotive industry. My own view is that the nature of both the entrepreneurship and the technical ability that this country can deliver and that kind of can-do-ness when we're at our very best, you can do almost anything you know in this country. I think we could end up having a watch sector that leads the world in technical advances. And, you know, is even a single person, i.e. George Daniels, who for me is the greatest Briton of the last hundred years that virtually nobody knows about. Yeah? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, George Daniels has probably created the most important development in watchmaking in the last 250 years which was the coaxial escapement, mm -hmm. yeah? Um, yes, um, old man Hayek was smart enough ultimately after Patek turned it down to to to, to take it into uh, Omega. Um, smart move um, on his part, because uh, George spent years being rejected by all and sundry. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, you know, Roger uh, Smith himself um, has taken the coaxial to a new level. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's a story that should be told because you know he's doing some incredible things with, and has done incredible things with the coaxial escapement beyond anything that George did, um, and that's a story for to be to be spun really hard, I think. And there are things that you know again Roger's involved with, but with the Manchester Institute of Technology. Um, I think it's Manchester Met, Metropolitan University, actually, but um, where he's working on, and this, if this comes off, this would transform the world of mechanical engineering. I mean, he's working on a nanotechnology that when applied to moving parts will remove the need for lubrication. Yeah. So what does that mean? No more servicing. Yeah, no more servicing. I know that may not be the best news for people involved in the servicing <laughs> industry, um, but that's the level of technology that you know that's going on. Yeah. Um, now it may or may not come to fruition. It's a, an amazing thing, but they're making progress. Yeah. They're, the, they're the sorts of things that I think I get really excited about, and you know that's where I think we can shine a light on some of the talent that is already in existence, but also bring in new talent into the industry. And it's people what make great things, you know? <laughs> um, you know, people make great companies, people make great product, people will make a great British watch sector ultimately. And if we can bring the best and the brightest in because they can see a route to growth, personal growth and business growth, then the industry will have a fantastic future. And the good news is, Already, there is an underlying number of really smart people involved in the British industry. You know, there's some fantastic stuff going on out there. And the closer we've got to it, you know, who knew, for instance, the, there were 90 odd, um, there were 90 brands in the UK, you know? Is there? Yeah. 90? 
Yeah, you know, 75 of them are signed up already to, to the Alliance. Um, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And yeah. so, so, you know, if you shine a light on stuff, if, the, if, 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 if there's sunshine, you know, there's growth. Yeah. And that's, in a nutshell, what the Alliance is about. You know, we're just wanting to be the sun that shines a light and allows this incredible sector and the talented people that already already exist here to really grow and promote the hell out of the British watch industry. You know, there's, there's not a Amazing. huge amount to be said on top of that. It's just a fantastic thing. And if the bel canto is anything to go on, the, the innovation and thinking that made that possible can be scaled up into an entire industry for a nation. And it, and it just so happens that I know a person who is an engineer in F1 who is currently making his own watch. Um, I'm Seriously? Talking about, I'm talking about you, Jonathan Blanco. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So the hunger is there, the passion is there, the drive mm. to do something different and break away from tradition to to create mechanical watches that have a, a fresh and new excitement for a new generation is 100% there. Dear viewer and listener, if you want to get involved, go to BritishWatchmakers.com. Sign up. Let's make this thing blow up. Tick to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mike. We've taken up a lot more of your time uh, than we had originally intended. So apologies for that. But thank you so much for sharing. Absolutely fascinating. Thank you. Uh, and really enjoyable talking to you guys as well. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, if you would like us, Steve, you're a listener, to have a further conversation with Mike, perhaps you've got some questions that you would like to ask, pop those down in the comments below. He seems to know a lot about the industry and is quite willing to talk about it. So let's see what we can get out of him next time. Thank you so much, Mike. It's been fascinating and an utter privilege to talk to you and be a small part in the Belcanto experience. Um, Thank you, dear viewer and listener, for listening. Please do like, comment, subscribe. Click all the links in the description below, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.